I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from the USA. He's the manager for system integrations at Mazars. He was first awarded as MVP in 2022. You can find links to his bio in the show notes for this episode. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks so much, Mark. Appreciate it. Pleasure to be here. Good, good to have you on. Tell me about what you do when you're not working. What do you do for food? What do you do for family? What do you do for fun when the work's behind you? All right. Uh, there are like a lot of topics to address. Um, let me maybe start with family, the most important, right? Um, I'm originally from, from Germany, grew up there. My parents still live there. Um, came over to the US actually a couple of years ago in a soccer scholarship, did my MBA here and started my, my consulting career then afterwards in New York. Initially tried to or planned to stay one, two years here. But a couple of years later, we're here, right? I'm, I'm still here in New York, um, living uh, living the Upper West here in New York. And um, now I can maybe tie it to what I'm doing for fun. Um, um, I think it's, it's, it's pretty clear now. Um, soccer, sports, German, any kind of activity or um, competition, um, um, that's, that's what I'm doing in, in, in my free time. I ran the New York Marathon, for example, last year. Wow, wow. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's, that's stuff that I'm doing outside of work. And uh, f- the food question is a tough one, very tough one, because there's so many, so many good things and recipes and, and restaurants here. And from a good risotto over paella, over just the New York City um, uh, pizza, um, well, I, I, I couldn't decide. Let's just say that what my, my preference is. Do do they? Can you get a a pretzel as good as what you can get in Germany, like a hot pretzel? <laughs> well, I'm not sure if I should answer that on this podcast. <laughs> no, um, uh, I mean the, the the German food or the home cooked food back home is you can you can taste the difference. Um, I have to be very honest. So um, it's not the same, but there are a couple a couple places where um, it gets close to what you can get back home. Mm. When I first had my first pretzel in Germany, it was just, psh, man, I can see, I see what they mean. It's amazing. It's like nothing, you know? Um, yeah, to- totally phenomenal. So tell me, how did you, how did you transition from soccer into tech? Like how did, how did that move happen for you? All right. Um, I actually played, played soccer in Germany. And, and for me, that was more a way to um, compare or continue my education in the US, right? So I, I got a soccer scholarship and literally it was more 
like a way how I can um, finance my MBA in the US, right? Um, and uh, um, luckily, I, I I I was good in sports as well as I was a um, I think a good student. <laughs> so it was, um, and at some point, um, you need to make a decision what what's the preferred right route to go. And for me, it was the professional um, route in in, in tech. Um, and my background in Germany, maybe that's also an interesting fact to add, is, is engineering. Um, I did my, my, my bachelor in engineering. So um, I always had ties to tech um, in, in one or the other way. Um, yeah, and I, um, um, I had some good mentors that believed in me when I, um, when I, when I finished my MBA um, that hired me initially um, and trained me up, built me up, and uh, still in touch with them, grateful for, for their mentorship. And um, yeah, that's how I ended up in tech. It was not 100% planned. Um, um, again, I, I tried to stay for one, two years in the U.S., wanted to explore it, and um, yeah, it worked out very, very well. well. What are you doing in the mixed reality space? Uh, interesting, interesting one. Um, I actually, uh, <laughs> I actually published a, an article about industry trends um, today uh, about that. Um, what I'm doing with mixed reality, especially focusing on Holland's two and um, the business application that Microsoft provides in mixed reality space, uh, means guides or remote assist scenarios. Um, initially. An ERP or an enterprise resource planning system, every organization to some extent needs that, right? To track financials, inventory, and so on. Mixed reality is actually an interesting, an interesting field at this point because it's more perceived as a cherry on the cake. You know, you don't really 100% need it at this point, but um, I consider it as a game changer or um, an optimizer, um, especially for your workforce on the floor that is often often doesn't have the availability or the the, the doesn't have the overview about information they need to perform the job. Why are they performing the job? Mixed reality can bridge that gap, right? Um, in terms of you're a frontline worker at the manufacturing floor, you're doing an asset inspection, and you have in mixed reality um, a guide that guides you through a process. And well, you might be not the expert. There sits an expert sits somewhere in the world, and you can via remote assist dial in and 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 have a um, collaborate collaborative collaborative session. Um, so those are the use cases that I'm covering, and um, with Mazars, um, we, we are, we're tackling the, the mixed, rec, mixed reality space um, 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 with those use cases. How did you feel with the announcements at Microsoft's layoffs that massively, of course, have impacted the HoloLens team specifically, but also, you know, there seems to be a lot of collateral damage around what's been let go there. What, what does that mean to you for someone that's quite close to it? Yeah, um, um, a couple a couple of thoughts that I can share from my perspective um, is that Holland's tour, the business applications that Microsoft supports with guides, remote assist, um, I believe they're still there to stay. So at least all the information, um, um, uh, all the communication that I have heard in the, in the last couple of weeks. But it was definitely uh, interesting interesting to see. Because I saw that, um, or I consider mixed reality as a growth sector, right? It's expensive to invest in because you are currently at this point don't. Um, it's not a cash cow, or you can um, you, you can generate great revenue at this point. But if you don't stay on track, you may miss the train. Exactly, 
And and that's what blew my mind in this is that, you know, we can see where we're going with AI because when you were describing that scenario before and you said, oh, someone could be sitting on the other side of the world, in my mind, I was like, AI can be the person on the other, like talking to you, guiding you through step by step, right? Whether it's, you know, a step in a manual, you could just ask and they could give you a diagram on screen or point there. I would have thought HoloLens with the world of AI was just on a rocket ship trajectory. And that's what shocked me around the the layoffs, because like what you said, you know, for HoloLens to get to, I feel, mainstream everywhere, it's got to get down to, you know, grams and weight. It's got to get really small. It's got to get really, you know, and and as you said, is that if you they're where they currently are, right? You've got a journey to go on to be able to, okay, let's let's miniaturize everything. Let's take everything down. Like, how do you? Let's make sure it's you know not a fire hazard. You know, in a mining scenario, because that's where, where I deal with in that front. That it's going to be explosion safe. That all those type of things. I would have thought you been at you know, to, to all intents and purposes. Um, it's the market leading tech out there at the moment in this kind of, um, you know, overlaid space, quite different than Oculus Rift or something like that, where it's, you know, full immersive. That's why it shocked me. Yeah, I mean, again, it caught me for a couple of minutes off guard too and didn't expect it because, again, for me, it was a gross area to to invest in because I see it as a disruptor in the future. Um, so definitely interesting. I think there's also with more adoption in the B2, in the consumer market, I think um, we will see more traction in the B2B or in the business um, market too. At the moment, if you ask um, organizations, I mean, we, I can be very honest, very transparent. In, we're seeing that in, in, in organizations right now, if you ask um, the C-level suite about mixed reality, I think there's not a really clear understanding of what it is. And um, if you don't have the understanding of what it is, how can you actually think it's helping your business, your business processes to be more efficient, productive, and so on? Actually, that's um, maybe tying back to your initial question, what what are we doing or what I'm doing with mixed realities? I, I, I try to close that gap, that knowledge gap. And first of all, via blogs um, and webinars, speaking sessions. I'm, I will be in Slovenia in uh, two months in May um, at Dynamics Minds Conference speaking about mixed reality manufacturing. That's what I try to, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying to publish and create awareness through content. But also we have an offering um, in Mazars that's exactly addressing that problem. Um, what is what is more like an assessment um, type of engagement where I come in and um, to sneeze in the seat of a suite and explain what is mixed reality and literally in an app, app in a day kind of concept, create one, one, one use case or address one of their use cases. And they can actually play, can play with it after. So then you get a tangible feeling for it. You know what I mean? And, and, and afterwards you can, you can have those conversations. Oh, now I understand it. Oh, now th- there would be great use case for our asset uh, inspections or maybe remote audits. Or maybe manufacturing um, mixed reality supported manufacturing processes. So, so that's kind of what I'm trying to do with my content, with the content that I'm publishing in, in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you? Do, okay. So, just just we'll have one more focus on Microsoft. Okay. What do you think their game is there? Like, what are they? What do you think? Like, because I know that you don't know the detail, but what's your speculation on what's what they're going to do? Like, for me. 
are they pivoting to go, listen, we're going to use mobile screens, tablet screens, and we're going to do much more of a bring your device and chuck it up in front of me as opposed to what you get with, with the HoloLens? What's your thoughts? Well, my thoughts, my hopes, I mean, I can see, I mean, I'm working with HoloLens too, right? Um, again, it has a key, if you have virtual keyboard, you can have multiple screens. I mean, where I see the future moving, and I hope it's moving in that direction, again, it's just my personal opinion is that more and more mixed reality devices will be used instead of like um, um, screens, laptops, and so on in the future. At the moment, again, it's still in early stages, but you should keep it on on your mind, not only from from application standpoint, how can it support, make the client or customer experience better, can can internally support processes. Um, and I, th- I think Microsoft is still in the game here. Um, again, there were some um, articles published that um, B2B metaverse is still an important thing um, with mesh on top of Teams and stuff like that. So I don't think mixed reality is from the table. I just think... Um, 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 economic situations um, may may have caused um, certain decisions. I, I still think mixed reality is, is essential for, for the future. Hopefully they'll come out strongly from a marketing perspective and say that that's, you know, they're, they're staying the course because, um, as I say, I think a lot of space there. Tell me, you, you mentioned their um, mesh um, <clears throat> Tell us about that. As an and are you are you doing any work with Mesh at the moment and those B two B workspaces? Um, Mesh uh, on Hololens, yes. Um, it's still in early stages too. Um, so adoption is um, could be could be could be quicker. Let's just say that. Um, there will be a Mesh. There's a, a Mesh feature that comes on Teams um, with avatars and stuff like that. Um, again, it's it's just an entry, I would say, but um, it makes it's it's smart using the team's infrastructure and building mesh on top of it. I mean, it, it makes sense to me, and um, I'm excited what's to come here. Um, I'm tracking it. I'm tracking it, and I would love to come on another podcast maybe in a year from now and talk about specific that topic. Yeah, that 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 would be epic. Did you see the presentation that Satya did in Barcelona about 2019, I think it was, before the pandemic, where they did the launch of HoloLens 2? Did you see that at all? I can't recall. I may have seen it. I can't recall specifically. Yeah. So, so, so a couple of the use cases that, in my mind, was like, yes, this will be a game changer for business. One of them was you know, a virtual boardroom where stakeholders from all around the world put their lenses on, but then everything from presentations to whiteboards, everything was part of the interactive objects. And you could do, for example, a design thinking session, put post-it notes up, have people interacting, but be in totally different geographies. And and then the beauty is all of that digital asset could be saved, could be output into presentations, et cetera, for circulating with people that are, that weren't there. Do you see that still becoming a reality that, you know, the, let's say pandemic two happens in our lifetime, right? Hopefully not. (laughs) You know, statistically it says it's going to, right? So isn't that a, once again, a massive reason why the tech that comes with mixed reality is so, so important because it allows us to continue to totally function, but with a high fidelity experience? Yes. Um, where I have to be honest, I think 
I think those use cases in the boardroom or in in in, in the office they're valid. Uh, again, especially if you can you can track the, the meeting outcomes or can have digital like the digital artifacts out of it. And if you add Jet GPT and AI on top of it, and you can get you know recommended follow up tasks and stuff like that. Um, so so there are definitely some interesting use cases on that front. But for me, still, the most obvious use case is for the frontline worker. Means on the manufacturing floor, the, the folks doing the asset repairs or asset inspections, the people that are literally on the floor doing the work and may often not have access to the information they need when they perform the job. And now you have the ability to have the information in your view while being hands-free doing your task and better you execute a process in, in alignment with security standards. You um, execute a process um, in, Q, in, 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 in certain quality standards that your um, um, organization um, um, builds for you, like via guide, for example. Um, risk mitigation. Um, all, and if you need support, you can call, a, can call a, an expert via remote assist. And, all, and every step is tracked means if I took five minutes on one specific guide step, it's tracked in Dataverse and I can report on it. What does that help you as a manager? You see, oh, all those folks take very long on that manufacturing step. Maybe we need to take a look what's happening here. There's also insights, data insights, when you use HoloLens and you know a, a guided process. So many use cases for the, for the frontline workers, in my opinion. Um, those are most obvious. Um, everything in the office, we have boardrooms, virtual rooms, and, and those kind of things. And planning sessions for engineers is also a valid, valid point. Um, so many use cases. Sorry, I could talk for like no, it's good. minutes, it's hours. Good. I, I love it. I love it. Tell me about how you became an MVP. Interesting question. Um, so, I mean, as you, as you, as you know, um, um, I, I, I have a blog. So I publish content via blog. Um, um, it's called Dynamics Duo Academy. Um, nice. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> thanks. Appreciate that. Um, additionally, I, I, I like to do speaking sessions. Um, I'll be in Slovenia, as I, as I just mentioned, in, in May. There is another one in, 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 in the end of the year, um, the Dynamics Communities North America Summit in North Carolina. I was just in Orlando last year. Um, I, um, I did classes and mentoring at Palm Beach Atlantic University, what is university I played soccer for. They have an ERP track. So I wrote the textbook and teach mentor students to get the foot in the door um, in the dynamic space, because I don't think it is that, that it's a very niche, niche consulting space. Um, not many people know about it. Yeah. When you're in the industry, you know about it, but if not, it's not like, Oh, I want to be dynamics 365 F and O consultant. I don't think that will happen often. So yeah, I mean, those are the three things that I'm focusing on: um, blogs, content, um, speaking session, as well as mentoring. Nice, nice. If I, if I, last question for you because we're, we're we're on time. Um, <clears throat> if you and I were to have this conversation in five years' time, what would have changed? What isn't like? And if your vision of reality in the next five years could play out, what what are we going to see? Very very interesting question. Um, technology-wise, um, I I believe, um, is, for example, Apple um, um, announced that they bring out the consumer glasses. I mean, 
postponed a couple of times if you believe the news, right? Um, if we have more, I mean, again, adoption in mixed reality as well as an advancement here from hardware as well as software perspective, additionally, use cases with JetGPT, AI, you already see the power here. Um, it will be very interesting. I would be surprised if you still have laptops and, 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 and screens. I, I believe that it will be replaced by some kind of glasses that it looks that look a little bit more sexy and like more, like normal, right? Not as freaky. Um, I, I would say I would say that will be definitely um, the case in five years. It's my personal opinion. Um, and yeah, I mean those lower value adding tasks will be most likely replaced by by AI capabilities. You can already see it. Content creation, um, um, and even some easy coding tasks that GPT could handle, for example, right? Um, and that's the start, right? So I, I think I think there will be a focus more of higher value adding tasks. Um, 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 and it will be also like an interesting, interesting to see how it will be impacting like this, this, the social um, circles, right? Um, 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 how do, how, how does education change? Um, which jobs do you start after graduation? Right. Um, I mean, there's so many interesting topics just to be, to, uh, that you need to think of. Um, but yeah, I mean, those those are a couple of things that I'm, I I believe could be the case in five years. I like it. So within twenty years, do you think we'll just have contact lenses with everything running on them, so you wouldn't even need glasses? Well, that would be. I mean, uh, that could be the case. Yes. Embedded microphones in our cheeks and earpiece in our yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, you know, you know that uh, the the company from Elon Musk that uh, um, yeah. implant that does ne- implants. Neuralink, correct? Neuralink, Neuralink. correct? Mm-hmm. That does implants in and pretty much, uh, yeah, can can enhance your skills. Apparently, um, uh, you can you can download a new language and you can you can speak a new language immediately. That would be interesting to see. But um, to be fair, how quick technology evolves wouldn't be surprising. Imagine twenty years ago when like or the internet or the phone um, or the smartphone it was not too long ago it was not too long ago we, i think we forget that we forget it often yeah how would we survive the pandemic if there'd been no internet <laughs> you know uh, yeah you how much how much do we do virtual meetings nowadays all over the world my day is literally today is one to like i've already done 10 appointments today and of course all of them from in my office without anyone else around physically. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, actually, one more interesting fact to add here. Um, I think the U.S. embraces remote work and those technologies a lot. While I see in other countries, um, for example, Germany, um, remote work, remote work meetings is not really well-liked, I would say. Wow, interesting, interesting. I mean, I'm at the bottom of the world in New Zealand, and everybody's doing it as in even with the choice to work in the office or work from home, because you got your commute, you've got all that hassle. Um, it just, it's massive time savings. You get much more work done. Yes. The culture is not there the same, but Hey, we live in a different world. Have, have some mates at our neighbors and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it has all, it has its advantages and disadvantages. I mean, while you're more flexible and you can, 
um, yeah, you, do, you save the commute. I mean, time is so valuable. So for, for that, from that aspect, remote work is great. But yeah, the team culture, as well as also the trust, right? I think, I think especially, I mean, growing up in Germany, I think our culture is a little bit different from that standpoint. We like, you know, the team there, creating that culture, kind of maybe also being in control a bit more. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see you and I'm excited to see what how the world looks like in five and in 20 years. I <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Thanks again and see you next time.